Christchurch, New Malden, 11th of August 2019, 9.30 service. Katie Kurtz speaking on why I am a Christian. Well, I've got away with not doing this talk for about a decade. <laughs> However, I've eventually given way to pressure from the vicar, and I mean pressure. Well, here goes. I consider myself to be incredibly fortunate. From very early on in my life, I witnessed the power of God in other people's lives and in my own too. My parents, Philip and Margaret King, were married at Holy Trinity Red Hill in July 1963. I was born in May 1964, and we moved to St. Patrick's in Wallington. Now, this church plays a big part of my life. Uh, my dad had been appointed as curate in charge there. Uh, my parents made lots of good friends there. I'm told I was a happy, content child. Here's me as a baby in my baptism outfit. We all came out very big. Uh, um, my sister Fiona was born in September 1966. Here's a range of pictures of us. Um, just to say my mum cut our hair. Um, I'm told I said to my dad I wanted to be Jesus' friend when I was about two and a half. It is completely unnecessary to mention that I was sitting on a potty at the time. <laughs> when I was about four, we left Wallington and we moved to Christchurch, Fulham, where my dad had been appointed as vicar. Um, so this is the church in the picture. We lived in Fulham for about the next five or so years. Uh, my parents had an open house and there were always lots of people around. I enjoyed growing up in the center of a lively Christian community. One of my clearest memories is my mum or dad coming up to our bedroom and doing a children's <coughs> Bible study book called Stepping Stones. Fiona, my sister, and I would then say a thank you prayer at the end and also prayed for anything that we worried about. At school, as school could be difficult at times, it featured regularly in my prayers. At school, this is primary school, I felt a bit of a misfit. I remember hiding in the cloakroom at playtime on a few occasions. Our school was in the middle of a local housing estate. We were sometimes referred to as the kids from the big white house up the road. Our garden was actually amazing. It was a quarter of an acre and included a small woodland area as well as a couple of lawns. It was almost a park. I remember once having a party and inviting the whole class. Our lives were very different to the people I met at school. And as my parents kept reminding us, we were very fortunate. Um, not many vicarages of that size anymore, but they were in those days. My dad was passionate about evangelism, sharing the good news about Jesus throughout the whole of his life. He was often out visiting people in their homes and he held suppers for, in our house for about 60 or 70 people at a time with a guest speaker who would talk about why they were a Christian. The most memorable supper being when Cliff Richard turned up on our doorstep. Our holiday clubs were also huge events. 
with very large numbers of children coming each day. I used to think we were hard up with just one massive holiday club each year, but my dad, for some reason, thought there should be at least two. Um, whilst we were at Fulham, both of my brothers were born. Andrew was born when I was about six, and David when I was 10. Here are some family pictures of us all. Notice the haircuts again, I'm sure you will. Um, and uh, you can see Andrew and David now appearing in the pictures. Um, when David was born, he was seriously ill with an internal abscess. It was a very large one, actually. You can tell this from his picture. He looks pretty thin in this picture. He's the youngest. Uh, doctors told my mum and dad he was very unlikely to survive. We were all very worried. However, what resulted was an amazing example of a church coming together in prayer. My brother's abscess did begin to respond to treatment, and many people's faith was encouraged. This was a big event in my life that set me on a faith journey. Over the next few years, my faith grew from just being based on the knowledge of Bible stories to something much more real. I experienced a loving God who acted in power and wanted to be directly involved in my life. Prayer wasn't just something I was supposed to do, but I learned that it was absolutely essential. It was about this time that I noticed how my parents would spend time listening and praying for people who came in our house. As children, we were encouraged to pray for other people too. Looking back on it, I feel I had far less inhibition than I would now about praying for people. In fact, when people came along and they looked sad, as children, we would actually go up to them and pray for them. In writing this talk, I've been reflecting on how, as adults, we complicate life so much. Do you remember when Jesus tells his disciples to not stop the children coming to him? In Mark 10, verse 15, it says, I tell you the truth, you must accept the kingdom of God as a little child accepts things or you will never enter it. I found this to be so true in my life, and life got harder as you got a little bit more self-conscious. An event that really stands out for me during our time in Fulham was when Ernest Shalita, a Uganda church leader, you can see him in both these photographs, he visited us, actually stayed in our house, for about a period of about six weeks. You may know that there have been wars in Uganda from 1962 to 2016. At the time of Ernest's visit, there was a lot of Christian persecution in Uganda. As children, we loved listening to all of his stories from Uganda. I was about eight at the time. The child in his picture is my brother, Andrew. And I was really struck by Ernest's inner joy and constant faith. I remember praying with him. He told me a little bit about the difficulties in his country. It was the first time I remember being aware of Christians suffering for their faith. We never heard from him once he returned to Uganda, so he may well have been killed. But he, it left me with a lasting impression of how amazingly strong a Christian's faith can be. At the age of 10, we moved back to Wallington. My dad had just been appointed as the General Secretary of the South American Missionary Society. That basically means the guy who sorts out what missionaries do in South America. 
Um, it would involve him traveling to South America, but also North America and Australia as well. I think my dad felt that at St. Patrick's, my mum would have the support of friends when he was away. It was a huge change for all of us, not to be in a vicarage for a start. My mum went back to work as a doctor and we attended the local church school where we made lots of friends. I was apparently a long way behind my classmates academically and was really thrilled, I mean really thrilled, that my head teacher was going to be giving me additional coaching sessions three days a week after school. For your average 10-year-old, that fills you with constant horror. My parents definitely thought this was God's provision. I didn't pass the 11-plus, which was the aim, I think, but after a fairly scary entrance exam and even a music audition, which will stun you, I attended Mary Datchler Girls' School in Camberwell. Although the school journey was pretty difficult, I made some good friends at school. However, I was always happiest in my church youth club in Wallington. There would be about 90 teenagers who came along on a Saturday club night and about 50 after church on a Sunday. I also attended a midweek Bible study. We had five youth club leaders and I'm incredibly grateful to all of them for the amazing teaching I received. I have to say I believe that their only bad decision was inviting my parents to give a joint talk on relationships when I was there. Uh, my parents continued to be an important influence in my life. We often had missionaries and, the children and their children staying in our house, often for quite long periods of time. I don't know how we often fitted in, actually. They'd often talk to us about life in South America. As I grew up, I was surrounded by people who saw God as the most important thing in their lives. Nothing else was more important. There was a couple up the road called the Headleys, um, Vernon and Jean Headley. Uh, they, in their retirement, ran an enterprise called Wallington Missionary Auction. Sometimes it was called Missionary Mart. They collected antiques and furniture and then sold them to fund the work of Christians in other countries. Um, sometimes we had to jump on the back of the van and go and pick up some of this furniture. Even though they were so busy, I remember being struck by how they were never too busy for us. When my dad was once abroad for two months, they took us all on holiday with them. Life at home was both busy and mostly fun. My sister and I made friends with the boys who lived next door. As the months went by, my dad felt I should invite them to come to church with me. I never knew why it was never my sister. Why was it me? I wasn't quite so impressed with the idea, but I'm glad my dad convinced me, as 10 years later, the whole family had become Christians. The eldest boy, Tim, went on to marry a French doctor, and they both, to this day, lead a church in France. It is important to remember that we may not always be enthusiastic or confident, but God can still use us to build his kingdom. In the following months, I set up a group for 14 to 17 year olds to look at tricky questions, such as why does God allow us so much suffering? I invited about seven people from youth club to my house on a Thursday night once a month. Tim, who was one of the boys I mentioned before who lived next door, joined. 
My dad's passion for telling other people about Jesus had a big influence on all of us as we were growing up. Even at this stage as a 15-year-old, I knew being a Christian wasn't just about believing and coming to church, but allowing God's Spirit to work in our lives. It is through us, through God's Spirit in us, that God's presence touches other people. At school, I was far too busy socially. At school, I'm afraid to say, I wasn't very hardworking. My O-level grades was, were not as good as they should have been. Uh, a decision was made to close my secondary school, so I transferred to Wallington Girls in the sixth form. Instead of a one hour or a one hour and a bit journey to school on a train and a bus, I now just had a 10 minute walk. I now attended school with some of my friends from church. During the sixth form, I decided I wanted to go off to university to do medicine. However, my grades were not good enough and I had to do retakes. By the following January, I had a place at Cardiff to do medicine. About this time, we were visited by a family friend who was a physiotherapist working in a rural hospital in Rwanda, East Africa. Now this, I couldn't find a lot of my pictures, unfortunately. This is just a map and the red blob is Rwanda and it's next to a blue uh, blob, which is a, a lake. Um, and anyway, the reason uh, she spoke to me was because they needed someone to drive patients and medical teams about. I just got my driving license, so I thought, yes, what a great opportunity. I was pretty nervous, but Lee believed God wanted me to go. It was an experience away from home. It was the first time I'd left home, actually, that was really going to test how strong my faith was. I faced many challenges. When I arrived in the capital city of Kigali, three cockroaches jumped out of the first cupboard I opened. And then we drove out to Kahini, which was uh, on the top of a beautiful mountain, actually. And on day two, I was showed the hospital, and I was told to clear out a room infested with, with very large wasps and clean everything stored there. In fact, my approach was brilliant. I got the spray, I opened the door, I sprayed it and ran out. And I did that constantly all day. And then when they were all dead and I was coughing like mad, I cleared it up. As you can imagine, from the moment I arrived, I started to pray. I found I needed to trust God with every detail of my life. Even today, I'm amazed at what I cope with in the months I was out there. I drove medical teams out to remote villages and often picked up pregnant women who sometimes actually gave birth in the back of the truck. At the same time, I was struck by the incredible beauty of God's creation. Here are some of the pictures, uh, and they don't really do justice to it. Uh, one of the valleys I read really near in Kinyuganda meant heaven, and it was the most beautiful place I have ever visited and uh, been near. Um, and it was really beautiful. And I love that reading that we had in Isaiah, um, which starts talking about our powerful God, our creator, who made everything. At the same time, though, you've got this beautiful setting. And I was shocked by the large amount of malnutrition and disease experienced by the people I shared my life with. What really was amazing is these people had nothing. 
and their joy and their faith was so complete. In Isaiah 40, it says of God in verse 28 onwards, he will not grow tired or weary. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. I really felt God give me strength. In the last month or so of being in Africa, I was ill. Uh, at the time I felt scared and low, but I put my trust in God. Isolation is more difficult to imagine for us in the age of mobile phones, but I would only usually receive a letter from my home, my friends, about once a month. I'd never felt so alone before. I look back on my time in Africa and I see it as a very special time when I felt God very close to me. As I grew up at home with my parents, I was always aware of the reality of the faith that I was brought up with. However, it was in Africa that Jesus became a close companion. As it also says in Isaiah, God lifted me up just like an eagle. As I look forward through the other years of my life, I realise that it was in Africa that I learnt to rely completely on God. I developed an inner resilience that would equip me to face challenges in the future. When I arrived back home, my parents were pretty shocked. I'd lost three stone in weight. The Hospital of Tropical Diseases, the Hospital of Tropical Diseases told me that a parasite had damaged my liver but I would recover. With the new challenges of being a medical student in Cardiff, I soon put my worries about my health behind me. I made a lot of good friends and enjoyed the first year. Greatly to my mum's anxiety, we spent our holidays backpacking in Europe and Africa. I definitely got the travel bug. In Cardiff, I found it hard to find a church I could belong to. And I only went to the University Christian Union a couple of times. However, before the end of the first term, I was invited to an evening run by the Navigators. A few of you may have heard of them. Um, this is just a logo we found for them because I couldn't find any of the books. Um, and on the uh, Navigators is a group that is run uh, to encourage uh, basically developing as a Christian and they uh, work with students a lot in university, which is where I encountered them, but they do also work with people in the workplace. On the right-hand side, there's a glimpse of the topical memory system, and my big memory of that is in the middle of Switzerland on holiday, believe it or not, learning Bible verses on a beautiful cruise ship. Um, and, um, but they may, I'm just about to explain what they did, but, um, the focus on Bible study, prayer, and spreading the good news about Jesus helped my faith to grow further. Ted and Linda Pilling, who were the leaders uh, based in Cardiff, ran the group in their own home. They had a very open home, and they were a real support to me during my years in Cardiff. The Pillings were also members of uh, Glenwood Free Evangelical Church, a house church, and by the second term, I was going there too. The thing that attracted me to the church were leaders who were very open about their weaknesses and the difficulties they had in their life. One of the leaders uh, was Rob Parsons, who now works for Care for the Family. By the second year, I was finding the long hours and the hectic workload difficult. 
I was really unwell when I sat my final exams and passed everything except my oral exams. I was devastated and knew I would have to repeat them the following year if I hoped to move on to the third year. During this time, Ted and Linda Pilling were absolutely amazing. I met up with them once a week. They sent me Bible reading and prayer tasks each week. It was during this time that I start, started to learn how to listen to God, even when life was difficult. It was tough coming to terms with the fact that becoming a doctor might not be right for me. Rather than being a negative time though, it was a period of growth. During that time, during that year in fact, I also worked for the Navigators, organising pastoral support and door-to-door -door visiting in one of the student halls of residence. It was pretty scary actually at the time, but I organised a team. We'd pray before we go round and we'd knock on doors. Um, and we met a lot of people who were struggling and we'd talk to them, invite them to things to come along and pray with them. It was a hard year. But the reason I chose the, Paul, uh, the passage that Paul wrote in Philippians 1 is because of the line that says, what has happened to me has helped to spread the good news. I saw God answer so many prayers for so many people in that year. And what was more amazing, he was using me. The following year, I transferred to a psychology degree and eventually trained as a primary school teacher at Swansea University. My first job was at Christchurch Primary School in Purley. I happened to not get away from Christchurches somehow, but this was Christchurch School in Purley. I had a really fantastic time there for the most part. Um, I met Stephen in a local church in Croydon in that year. At the time, he was a history and RE teacher. We got married in August 1995. This is us. And you will notice he had hair then. Um, Rebecca and James were born just two years later in 1997. This is a whole range of photographs uh, from being babies as twins. Um, a bit of a handful at that time. Um, anyway, over the next few years we explored the possibility of Stephen taking the step to become an ordained minister. Having got through the selection process, the four of us moved to Oxford, where Stephen was at Theological College. Stephen and I both benefited loads from college. Not wanting to be outdone by my husband, I undertook a diploma in Biblical and Theological Studies. Stephen was often moving from church to church, but Rebecca, James and I attended a local church called St Clement's. For the three years we were in Oxford, I took over the running of all the Sunday schools in that church. It's where I learned a lot about how to do children's work in church. You may not know it, but I've now been running Explorers in this church here for 7 to 11 year olds for 14 years. You'd think I'd deserve a break, wouldn't you? Uh, but seriously, if you fancy helping Explorers, please talk to me. Um, just before we left Oxford, our third child, Abigail, was born. When we arrived in New Morden, she was only five weeks old. It was a bit of a challenge, that move. And uh, she loved water, and I mean she really did love water, and baking. You may not know, but on our first day of reception at Christchurch Infants, 
all of the reception class came out over 10 minutes late because she'd flooded the place. Um, whilst we were at Oxford, I also did a listening course. It was when I was praying with a group of friends at college that I felt I wanted to set up a listening service. It has taken me 16 years, I'm not particularly quick, but we are now running a community cafe on Monday and Tuesday morning with a listening service. So uh, please bring your friends along and come yourselves. I've also taken over the leadership of our widows group, Half Shares, under of course the uh, directing hand of Catherine Evans. I believe it is a real privilege to be involved in both of these things. Um, anyway, I've just returned from being on holiday in the Lake District. In fact, it was an eight-hour drive and I got back at 6 p.m. last night. Um, my family has always loved it there. Over the years, we've enjoyed, enjoyed walking, sailing and kayaking. This piss picture is a classic from my teenage years. Notice I'm not in it. My dad and brother are striding on ahead and I'm somewhere behind. It's a real picture of life, I feel, particularly in my family. The boys stride on ahead. But seriously, there are many challenges we have to face in life. These other pictures show how it is necessary to be surrounded by others. Here you can see struggling over stream. And this is a rare moment, my brother Andrew actually giving me a lift on his shoulders. I think he probably died in the process. but. Um, but it just shows how important it is to be surrounded by others to help us along the way. With God's help and Christians around us, we can face everything. We've now been in New Morden for 16 years. Yes, 16, amazing. Um, here are Rebecca and James more recently at their 21st birthday and other events. The children have really grown up. James is a great cricketer. And here is Abby, we found a more adult picture of her at her confirmation. There have been many ups and downs. Things have been tough over the last 16 years, both in work and in the lives of my family. Sometimes it's felt like I was only holding on to God by a little finger. But he's never let go of me. God is never tired. He gives me strength when I feel like giving up. As Isaiah says, those who trust in God will become strong again. They will be able to rise up like an eagle in the sky. We must remember, God will always sustain us if we turn to him. Right from a very young age, I have learned that turning to God in prayer is vital. We can't do anything in our own strength. Let's be determined to pray more, not just for ourselves, but for one another. God is so powerful. God wants to be involved in all of our lives. We all need to play our part if people in New Morden are to encounter the presence of God. Thank you. <laughs>